0: day into which we must delve, we're gonna talk
1: about the stuff that makes you scream and shout,
0: hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12, thanks for pressing play. Why, hello! Welcome to issue 630 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran.
2: I'm your other host, Bean Arita.
1: And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. What's shaking, everybody?
2: Um, it's Tuesday.
0: It is Tuesday. Tuesday's
2: new show day. That's it. That's kind of all I got. Ah, uh, well, long unlike last weekend. week,
0: which
1: was Tuesday, but no new show day.
0: Yes.
2: I know. Sorry guys.
0: Cuz well, you were you were not feeling well <laughs>
2: and, and you were on
0: assignment. Uh, yes, I was. Mhm. Is that whiskey? Yes, it is. Could you please put thumbs through the inner tubes for me? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs>
2: Please. Pour uh... my hand.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: I am drinking. Hey! Something you made! Yay! I I helped make it.
1: I got my shipment of that yesterday, along with the other two Tent Show flavors.
0: Yeah, Flashbang Cherry is really good.
1: I'm looking forward to it. We're a big fan of Deadstock already. Uh, It's a neighborhood roaster. Oh, cool. So we predominantly have been getting our coffee from there.
2: Nice. I, like a dingus, haven't even tasted mine yet.
1: And uh, Okay. (laughs) It's made with the with Nenamar, which I think is our favorite roast from Deadstock.
0: Mm, nice! If you're They're a coffee cool. drinker, go to Deadstock I have to check them out. Because cool. I am a coffee drinker. Aren't you? <laughs> Just How? a little bit. <laughs> well, you are coffee. a writer by
1: trade, so those are your so, two drinks: yeah. coffee and whiskey. That's yeah. that's it. That's all you get. I yeah. saw a T-shirt. I mix I mix them
0: both with hate. <laughs> <That's all horrible. laughs>
2: the t-shirt the other day someone was wearing and it said day brew and night brew and so it was okay. a cup of coffee and a mug of beer <laughs> ah day brew of <laughs> night brew ah, ah.
0: <laughs> day brew day brew night oh brew. man yeah so and i had stuff Well, I mean, we got our show topics. we're going to talk about like the three arc so far of the book of Boba Fett
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: then I think we're just going to cover one episode of Prodigy Kobayashi.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we have. We could talk about the other that. one. Not if you I haven't st- seen it.
2: I yet. started it. Eh, no,
1: nope. That's fine. All right, no, plus that. Well, do whatever you want. Both of those episodes are very specific um, and very Federation based, Starfleet based. I'd rather talk about that when you've watched the whole thing because they're important. Okay. But, um, Wait, so we're
0: not talking about Kobayashi?
2: No, no we're we talking talk about Kobayashi, about oh, okay, okay. Just, just not first contact. I did, did see that.
0: All right, that sounds good.
1: Um, what's oh. the... There's a bunch of other news that came in today. There's like the Moon Knight trailer dropped. Yeah. Uh, Did either of you watch that one?
2: No, yeah. I did not know that it dropped today, weirdly.
0: It? No, it was yesterday.
1: Was it yesterday? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was during the, um, it was during one of the NFL wildcard games. Oh. Yeah. That's when they did it. So,
1: yeah. So it it premieres March 30th. If you haven't read any modern Moon Knight books, now's a good time. You've got about a month and a half to, oh, two, two and a half. Power
2: load that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it does seem like it's very much drawing on the more modern uh, interpretations of Moon Knight. Mm
3: hmm.
2: So then, like, where would one uh, be encouraged to start if they'd never read any Moon Knight and they want to have, you know, some background before before the release? I don't
0: know. Was it, was it the Ellis run? Is the most kind of the one that picked up, kind of got him back in the spotlight?
1: Yeah, that was the most recent. Yeah. Um, Ellis and uh, Declan Shelby.
0: Right. Yeah, you could start there. Um, Moon Knight's a weird-ass character, for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. And the Jeff oh. Meyer, Greg Smallwood run followed it yeah so it is also great if you also would rather read that than anything that warren ellis wrote
0: yes i could get how some people maybe not want to read his stuff right
2: now right
0: Um, i mean yeah you will you will also learn that there are really aren't casual moon knight fans
3: no
2: okay
0: Um, there there are are rabid (laughs) sorry go ahead Let's say there are people like who read Marvel like, yeah, I know who Moon Knight is. And then there are people who are like, Fuck yeah, I know who Moon Knight is. Um Guess which camp I fall into. <laughs> the first
3: one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and
2: obviously the first one because you never talk about it. Uh
1: the fastest way to find out which version of Moon Knight fan you're dealing with is go, oh yeah, he's basically the Batman of the Marvel universe, right? And wait to see if they punch you. <laughs>
0: I always got made of made fun of for liking Moon Knight because all of my friends were like, "He's just a Batman of Marvel. That's why you like him." I'm like, "That's, that's, that's so wrong on that's every level." He is. I've he definitely is heard he that
2: though. I've heard that said.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's powered because... by the moon, which is awesome.
2: Oh, yep. literally, like he has uh, moon and insanity superpowers? And, in, and
0: insanity, and maybe I mean, an Egyptian god. Maybe.
2: I mean, we're all powered by insanity a little bit, right?
3: No, no his I madness. Mean, he's his, actually
1: yeah. insane. Yeah. Like the Oscar
3: no, I, Isaac I, I, is I believe you. I yes. just yeah.
2: wanted to make a joke.
1: You were making a joke. Oh,
0: okay. Sorry. And also his real name, Mark Spector. That's a cool name, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, that's a ghost um, name.
1: That is a ghost name. It is. Um, so that came out. Uh, huge news is that Microsoft bought Activision.
0: So that actually went through?
1: Yes. Ooh, for what 36 billion dollars i thought i read 68 six oh yeah i've got my numbers transposed 68 yeah. 68 million dollars or billion dollars <laughs> and the the morning presser read that uh, kotick was going to remain as president of blizzard kotick is the the president <laughs> under whom all kinds of sexual harassment shenanigans happened that got right. swept under the carpet this afternoon that got updated allegedly to he's out. So I think we're still waiting to, for confirmation on that, but that's still huge, huge news.
0: Yeah. It's weird, man. Like, are they going to pull the same shenanigans they're pulling with Bethesda and that they're going to make it, um, um, Because Bethesda is now Xbox only, which means folks who are waiting for like Elder Scrolls 6 and you have a PlayStation, you're SOL now. Oh. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to pull that same shit with Activision games.
2: It's the same thing they have with Bungie, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but I think, I feel like they helped kind of form Bungie. Like, I feel like they invested in part of Bungie.
2: Okay. So that like, it was born that way.
0: But then they got rid of it because Bungie does... I could be all wrong here. Bungie does Destiny. I think Xbox just wanted to own Halo. Hmm.
2: I do not know Bungie did Destiny. I Destiny, so... I,
0: I believe. I could be wrong. I'm sure I'll get hate mail on it. The same way I'll get hate mail when I say I don't like Destiny. Um, I was promised an RPG shooter and all I got was a shooter where apparently people think just grinding for XP makes it a role-playing game. Uh, it doesn't. Hmm. Just like people who try to tell me that Diablo is a role playing game, it's not. It's fancy gauntlet. I'm sorry. You could like it, but that's what it is. You sent your hate to geekocity at gmail.com. Uh, but I'm right. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my little tiniest of soapboxes there. <laughs> I'm not saying give them her bad games, but don't try and sell me on them being a role playing game. I'm like, stop. Fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big deal, man. I don't know how I feel about. I mean, Activision was already a beast to begin with,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and now ugh. we just say that giant corporate mergers are actually bad for like everything, except yeah. the shareholders of these giant companies and the CEOs, like. Those are literally the only people they benefit because there's going to be a shit ton of firings now, which is always inevitable. And the games are never better (laughs) ever. Also, what game has ever been improved by the inclusion of Microsoft? I'd be hard pressed to tell you.
2: You know, what's funny is like I, I work for them and I actually do love some of their products, but I, I'm definitely, I definitely agree that there's a lot of things that they just don't do very well.
0: No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, you know, the one game they do really well is Flight Simulator. That's still their <laughs> game. <laughs> That's still <laughs> the one, like
3: nothing man. Niche.
0: That's hilarious. They still crank one out every year. It gets reviewed like, oh, it's a new Flight Simulator. Yeah. They've added a gauge. I don't know. It's fine. Um, you
1: know, developing flight simulators are no joke in that that is how the uh, person who owns Guardian Games made his
0: money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not ripping on it. It's great. But it's like that's what the only good game Microsoft has.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Boy, am I going to get hate mail for this? Um, oh, well, it's fine. Oh, well. Speaking of getting more hate mail, uh, people whose opinions on video games I normally trust uh, recommended that I buy and play Outer Worlds. Uh-huh. Uh, I no longer trust these people's opinions. It's I, Outer
2: too, Worlds. was under it's, the impression that, that would be a really fun game, and I, I was underwhelmed.
0: Yeah, it's it really badly wants to be a mix of Mass Effect and Bioshock, and it sucks at both. Like, oh, Ooh. corporations are evil and all they play are advertisings. I They're was liking the... it
2: to Fallout. Or at least the one oh. Fallout that I've ever played.
0: Okay. I've only played one Fallout and I didn't like it. So I gave up on Fallout 2. <laughs> um, yeah, and like the combat gets really fucking repetitive. Like there's it there's no challenge to it. And, it, and the whole theme of like corporations run everything slash a little thread of libertarianism is just done better in Bioshock. Mm. Like in like in every measurable way it's performed better in Bioshock than in Outer World. So I'm like, huh, eh, all
1: right, great. It's won a lot of awards.
0: Yeah, it really? has. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not that good.
2: My main it thing was 20... like, the story was just like almost non-existent. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it has like no story at all. the The story is is pointless.
2: It kind of yeah. feels like you're like still like warming up and getting the lay of the land, and so all of the like story-ish mission stuff is just like, you know, like like episodic.
0: Yeah, it's but go you do haven't this. gotten.
2: But then, like, but then, like, by the time you're supposed to get to like the bigger arc of the of the story of the game, it's basically over.
0: Oh, really? Because huh. I mean, I don't. I don't know where I'm at in terms of the main story. Oh, um, yeah, I know.
2: I finished the whole thing, and that's why I'm like, that that was over very suddenly in terms of story.
0: Yeah, I'm on Monarch now, which I guess is a big deal, and I'm still just like, okay, great. This is fine. <laughs> I am I actually, one of the crew members you pick up, I'm more invested in her dating this engineer chick who runs a space station than I in my own story. Like I'm like, I want to help her have her first real date with this woman. She finally got the courage to ask out. That's the more compelling story than the let's save all these frozen people in the galaxy and bring down the board. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I'm going to help someone find true love. That's really all I give a shit about.
2: <laughs> she was the best character in the game.
0: Yeah, Pavari, whatever.
2: Yeah, she's the best.
0: Yeah,
1: these are not ringing
0: endorsements. Yeah. Her and the pirate medical officer you pick up
2: yes that's a good one too she's yeah. hilarious
0: i have all the other companions i don't let even go with me because they're boring yeah i i bring the weird engineer who's really bad with people and she's always trying to like a oh, captain i didn't mean you and the literal <laughs> pirate space doctor who's like yeah they're more i mean i can patch them up but they're way more fun to shoot them
2: <laughs> also she's got like a silver spoon background yeah so that just yeah. kind of adds to like her her hilarity, her hilariousness.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that was the Geek in the City Radio game corner.
2: Video <laughs> game rant, <laughs> I really guess. unprompted review of, a, like, a, what, a 12-year-old game? I don't even know how No,
0: Outer Worlds came out last year.
1: Yeah, it came out in 2019. Oh, two years really?
2: ago. Really? Oh, yeah. No, 2019. That that scans. Cause I think I bought it used from a video game shop, like, on Foster Powell, um. But it was still expensive. I think it was still, like... I'm going to say, like, upward... Like, definitely more than 20 bucks for a used game. So, I'm like... Well, yeah, I got the... Must be good. It was
0: not. In December, PlayStation had the huge sale. So, I got it and all the DLC for, like, 10 bucks. And even then, I'm like, well, that was 10 bucks. I won't get back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Great. Ouch. Yeah. I was more annoyed that it took, like, a day to download so I could play it. And I was like, that wasted a day of background processing. It was, yeah. It was... Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I've I've had more fun with five dollar <laughs> indie games.
0: Oh yeah, totally for sure. Ooh, time to uh, so what should we jump into here? While I go and ban somebody off YouTube. So cool, you cool, cool. Do you do? cool, 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 cool. Tight, tight, tight.
2: Uh, so uh, we've got two things that we're looking to talk about.
0: Um, Let's start with Kobayashi.
2: Okay. All right. So this is the return of the you know the the mid-win- after the midwinter break for Star Trek Prodigy.
3: Mhm. Mhm.
1: And when we last left Prodigy, uh, the our Intrepid crew of teenage runaways from their slave labor camp <laughs> <laughs> um, had managed yeah. to activate the Protostar drive. Um which launched them out of like the, the warp drive they were in or the, you know, the warp field where they were almost overtaken by the uh, Gwyn's father and his general Grievous knockoff action figure and <laughs> power, you know, powered them to far, far away from them, not from this, the bad guys have no yeah,
0: idea. Sent them from the Delta quadrant to the Gamma quadrant.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's fast.
2: What did yeah. they? How many light years did they say they had gone?
3: Four
0: thousand. Oh, that
3: sounds right.
0: It's a lot. Yeah. Um.
1: So that's where we pick up. Is the like the engine is literally powering down, and and they're finding out. Oh, we're we're where again? You're in the you're in the Gamma Quadrant. It's fine. It's a very peaceful place. It's only full of the Dominion.
0: Yeah. And have they flat? Have they gotten close to saying when this takes place?
1: So they have given an actual start date. It's okay. in the next episode. Okay. Um, it's 43, 30, 389.6 or something. Um, because they say that that's the star date and then it, well, actually that's 17 years before the show.
0: Right. So it's it's been, it's been, yeah, the, the ship's been missing for a while.
1: Yeah. The ship's been missing for 17 years. Uh, the, um, the implication from the star date and from the characters involved is this falls somewhere between Lower Decks and Picard Skewing closer To Lower Decks
0: See, that's funny, the thing I'm reading is that some people are saying It skews closer to Picard Because of how long the ship's been Missing So
1: It could Yeah, Yeah. It's, It's somewhere right in between Because that is What, a 15 year difference? Between what? Between uh, lower decks and Picard?
0: Yeah. Is that Picard, all? Well, Picard's always easy to figure out because whatever we are from actually removed from Nemesis is how far Picard is removed from Nemesis. Oh, Christ.
1: How many years is that?
0: I mean, they flat out said, like, if it has been 19 years since Nemesis came out, it has been night. That's where Picard starts.
1: So when did Nemesis come out? Gotta do the uh, math. Gotta figure this out.
0: No. He became a writer so uh two thousand two. So Picard came out in twenty
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so seventeen. Eighteen years. years. Eighteen yeah, years. 17.
1: Yeah, seventeen. Lower de- and the anniversary of the the um, like Picard had left starfleet what 10 years before
0: something like that 10 years before picard yeah yeah
1: so lower decks still takes place a good five years before that oh man oh i i hate well, hold on thinking, wait a minute i hate thinking about this because we keep seeing happy troy and happy riker in lower decks and it's like Oh fuck! I know what happens.
2: <laughs> Hold on here. I'm gonna give you right. guys. Uh, oh no, I can't. Can I do that? I guess I can. I found this timeline that I am like trying to find the right area for right now. Why are you being so difficult today, computer? I don't know how to computer anymore. Because <laughs> I spend my days on a iMac. That's
0: oh right. Okay, yeah. so. I'm looking at Picard series roughly takes place 20 years after the events of Star Trek nemesis, which was set in the year 2399 or 12 years after the destruction of Romulus. It would make sense that two years after that, Picard would have gotten disenfranchised with Starfleet and left
3: Mm -hmm.
0: because two years after the destruction of Romulus is probably when the refugee program kicked in and then the Android uprising. Mm
3: Mm-hmm
0: on mars which sent starfleet into a paranoid spiral
1: because that was like that incident is when he left when the because the the android uprising is what caused the ships that they were building at utopia planitia for the um refugee removal from romulus Mm i have it yeah i have
2: it right
1: here
2: 2381 is where lower decks season two is happening And then, um, and that overlaps with the Planitia shipyard stuff because that says that's from 79 to 86. And then Prodigy is 83. So then it's only two years after the current position of Lower Decks.
0: Fuck me. (sighs) Doesn't make any sense.
1: It, It sort of does. I mean, kind of.
2: Oh, and here we go. In, in 85, another two years from now would be when, the, well, another two years from current prodigy is when the Utopia Planitia shipyard is destroyed. So that's Picard season two. Picard season
1: one. Utopia oh, Planitia I'm sorry, happened. season yeah.
2: one, episode two. I misread that. Yep. Thank you.
0: Oh. Anyway, it's all very confusing.
1: It is, but in a general sense, that's where it's taking place is between those two.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think because it's like – because Janeway is in Voyager-era uniform, like hologram Janeway, Mm -hmm. which is really weird. I didn't even catch that. You'd think she would be in lower-deck-style uniforms, right? (laughs) For that matter, so would the the captain of the of the uh, proto star. Yes, And Ooh, he's I not I don't know if Denise knows who that is yet.
1: No, that's that's given away at the end of Kobayashi. Oh, Kobayashi? Okay, mm-hmm. that's
0: chakote mm-hmm. uh, yes. spoilers in this episode, guys. The, the, the episode's been out for a while, so I don't.
2: I I'm not great at like reading and identifying, and then and then going in and dating uniforms. But like, I'm pretty sure Spock was in his, um. You
1: know, oh, well, those were
2: TOS era uniform, yeah. and so was Uhura. Um,
1: well, but those Scotty were wishes in his motion picture uniform because it was the older Scotty. Uh,
2: yeah, okay. that
0: was just something that the holodeck did because the holodeck said you get to pick, and he's like, give me the best of everyone ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just dive right into it now since we've touched on hologram spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So
1: the Kobayashi, the episode it centers around a um, Dal discovering there's a holodeck on the ship, and he uh, he hears that he's not quite ready for Starfleet standards, and stumbles across the Kobayashi Maru and goes, "Ah, fuck it! I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you that I'm better than anyone in Starfleet."
2: And, and it goes
0: well.
1: Oh yeah, It goes
2: exactly the way you think it's gonna go.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it actually did, and then it really didn't.
0: I, I mean, the one thing I'll add is I, I find it hard to believe that the computer allows for so many random variables. Although it was amusing.
2: I mean, doesn't everyone take the Kobayashi Maru before they officially become a captain?
1: Well, everyone who's interested in command, command. takes the Kobayashi
0: Maru.
2: That's yeah. a lot you of can... people in the you know in in the long term sense. Yeah, I
0: actually do find it intriguing that they still somehow are able to keep it a surprise.
2: I don't – Christian said the same thing, and I'm like – and he's like, doesn't everybody know? I'm like, yeah, you know, after a fashion, everyone knows that the Kobayashi Maru is a no-win situation. But Dal doesn't know jack shit about the Federation. So no. it makes sense in, in this context that he has zero idea that he's not supposed to ever win.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, that I get. Yeah, no, it it's a more meta conversation about how – What an open secret it is. And not even a secret. I feel like eventually it would become kind of like blasé. You'd be like, oh, I got to do the Kobayashi miru tomorrow. I got to get ready to suck. (laughs) I feel like eventually Starkly would have to like mix things up. You know, and like. Yeah. Which we kind of know if you watch the one short trek, Ask Not with Pike and the woman who wants to be an engineer. She's a cadet. Mm -hmm. And And he's brought in as a prisoner under a mutiny. I feel like that's what Starfleet would actually have to start doing eventually when you're coming within, like, your senior year. Like, even the most simple trip of, like, hey, it's Starfleet spring break, so get in your shuttle, you're going to fly home, and the Starfleet's like, all right, activate simulation. It's time to fuck with them, see how they handle it. Like, Oh, if
2: sneak can't just... it up on them?
0: Yeah, I feel like the Starfleet would have to start doing that. Because if you're ready for the Kobayashi Maru, you're like, well, okay, I mean, I can't win, so... I guess I get to face death with dignity. (laughs) You know, like you even going into it knowing like, hey, I went to school with this person for four years. We're in the Kobayashi room together. I'm totally going to have to order you to your death to do this thing. (laughs) Which would no longer be the test of character. It would be the taste of, eh, whatever. Fuck it. (laughs) Sorry, that's a weird side tangent.
1: No, that's all right. I I feel like they have done different versions of the Kobayashi Maru, like the TNG did one with uh, Riker and Troy when Troy decided that she wanted to go to... Yeah.
0: Um, she wanted a command. She wanted to handle... She wanted the night shift, like yep. pressure.
1: Yeah. And, and she wanted... But she wanted her full command pip. Like she yeah. was a lieutenant commander and she wanted to be a full-fledged commander. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And hers was... She had an unwinnable situation, but it wasn't, you know, facing off against some ship. It was – she literally had – the point of the the simulation was she had to order another crew member and someone who was also her friend to stay behind and die in order to save save the rest of the ship.
0: Yeah.
1: And in this case, it was Uh, Jordy. Like, she had to order Geordi. And when she finally realized that that was the solution to the test – like that's it's like congratulations you're now commander and she's like
0: riker said end program and did the slow clap for basically like that's how it takes baby
3: yep
0: Uh, they did it with wesley also i think in season three when he's at the academy Mm -hmm. and he's like freaking out because he knows like his mortal test is coming up you never know when it's coming and like while he's in class like there's this explosion in a reactor And he has to make the choice to save. He can only save one of them.
3: Mm -hmm. And And that's when he
0: he realizes they're making him do the same thing Picard had to do with his dad. Oh. Which was messed up.
3: Messed messed up. up. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I like at their heart, Starfleet is kind of just a bunch of drama nerds, also. Like, they're all science (laughs) and, you know, whatever, but they're also like, ooh, it's theater time. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean that stands to reason the doctor of the ship loves putting on plays.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: She's the drama doctor.
0: That's right. Uh no, it's what was it? The galloping doctor, the dancing doctor? The dancing
1: doctor. She the didn't want to be doctor. known as the doc- the dancing doctor. Yeah. By you know, she was known as that in the academy. Yeah. So, back to Kobayashi.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So I like Dal's solution was to take the test a hundred goddamn times. Yes. Cause he didn't, nothing in that kid's head tells him that this is an unwinnable situation and that he's <laughs> just supposed to do. It. He's stubborn, yeah. which I think like I have warmed up to Dal, but he is still somewhat of an unlikable character. He really and I think is. that's on purpose. Um, and I think what may, for me what makes him unlikable is he is truly an untrusting individual. Everything about him says like I'm I can never trust anyone, and he's right. not going to. And in order for him to become the captain that that ship needs and the leader that that group needs is he has to learn to trust people, um, and that's when he'll make that turn and become a character that's actually likable until then he's just he is keeping everybody including the audience at arm's length
2: i would argue that um well no let me let me rephrase that um it's very very likely and logical that what I perceive as uh, the reason he's so dislikable is really just an extension of what you said, Cable. But for me, it's that he really only gives a shit about himself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, the very first attempt that he makes at the Kobayashi's like, you guys know any of these people? No? Well, then we're just gonna not do anything for them. We're out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, he's just like, what's in it wow. for me? Why would I help you? Um, very, very much a you know, like sort of um, not dar- not dar- Darwinistic approach, but just like just always looking out for me.
1: More of a Nietzschean approach, to be quite honest.
0: I was going to say more of a modern Republican approach, but you can go <laughs> Nietzsche. That's fine. Um. You're not wrong. No, not wrong. Um, yeah, he's still not, and I. I still don't like him he actually he still makes the show hard for me to watch Yeah,
3: I
1: like, like him better after the episode that follows first mm-hmm. contact I think is the Denise I think you're really gonna like the first contact episode
0: um, it does help a lot yeah
1: so I'm, has... looking, I'm looking
2: forward to seeing how that plays out
1: painfully um <laughs> But it makes you want to root for the characters, um, Dal included. Um, Like, I appreciate that at the end of his very unconventional solution to the test that he still fails Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and realizes. And then through that failure, that's what gets him to realize it's like, oh, I'm supposed to listen to my crew. I'm supposed to not think of myself. I have to think of everyone else. That is the role of captain is to yes. think about everybody else.
2: I, I, will, I will say that like every episode, Dal learns some sort of a lesson, but I guess he's just coming from such a low, like the bar is set so low for him that he continues to be, a shithead six episodes mm-hmm. in, even though he's constantly learning how to be better.
1: I think it, yeah, that, uh, yeah. that episode that's coming that, that you have yet to watch first contact. Um, you get a really big and clear answer as to why he is the way he is. Yeah. I did.
2: Like I did start it and I assume it has to do with, um, his Ferengi, like pseudo foster parent. That's it. Yeah.
1: And and she is clearly an old school Ferengi that did not um, – does not participate in the Reformation.
3: Right. Mm. Ferenginar. Right. Uh,
0: she just hung out at Quark's with Quark. <laughs>
1: like clearly make, she's make not –
2: Ferengi great again.
0: I mean she's not exactly
1: a traditionalist because she's a – like she was wearing clothes and – being and, out in space, conducting business. The, yeah, before the yeah. Reformation. I think that's that is always the particular plot point that I'm always watching. Start current Star Trek shows to make sure that they keep that, because when we left the Ferengi in Deep Space Nine, the the Negus had appointed Rom as the new Nagus, and Mm -hmm. he was steering Ferenganar from capitalism to socialism.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I have to assume it's stuck, because yes, Starfleet will take any race, regardless of the government, but I get the implication that in time, Ferenganar joined the Federation, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't have joined if they kept up the old ways. Nope. Yeah.
1: So, like, that's... That is a huge, like, it, it was a fun background plot point, but you look at that and it's like, it, it's, it falls in, to me in the same category of, like, every time you put an Orion on a Starfleet ship, I want a fucking answer about what's going on with the Orion Syndicate. I
0: mean, especially now, while in the Discovery timeline.
1: In the Discovery timeline, we know what happened to it. It became the Emerald Chain.
0: <laughs> and that worked out well. Yep. <laughs> um, but back to, back to this episode of Prodigy I mean I'll flat out admit it's probably been my favorite Episode to date for the most obvious Of reasons mm-hmm. those writers Found every single bit of Nostalgia string on me and went okay here we go Like I just Like I like, fuck it I just I fucking teared up When I heard Nimoy and Nichelle Nichols And Doohan and Renee Waves You know Um, little side note about Odo's performance. Mm -hmm. They recorded that before Renee passed away. That is technically his last performance ever. They didn't say anything when he died because they knew they had to keep it a secret. I. Yeah.
2: When did he pass? Because I thought it. I knew it had been a couple years, but like, how long has this been in production?
0: Uh, Animation's way far ahead.
1: Yeah, he passed in twenty twenty
0: yeah
2: okay okay i was thinking it was longer ago than that he, yeah, but, not, he a deep lot, deep. but
0: he passed december eighth, twenty 2019 oh 2019 okay but oh, we, okay. animations like done way way in advance yeah they they do that like i think the
1: shortest amount of time they d- d- take to do that is like three years yeah Yeah. Unless you're Disney.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, well, they have an massive. entire... Yeah, they have an entire continent
0: of people. Right. Um, yeah, because it was like... Jump around a little bit. Um, when Kevin Smith announced that he was going to be showrunning Masters of the Universe Revelations, it was like... I think it was like in, you know, like mid to late 2019 he's like and we'll mm-hmm. see you all next year and like on the stage Hasbro decided no man it's animated it's it's going to take longer than that he's like oh then we'll see you in a couple years you know <laughs> yeah. that was worth the wait yes it was but um, so yeah that was a real sweet thing I learned a few days after that that was actually one of his last performances ever
1: Jesus, that's yeah. a hell of a thing
0: um. Uh, and then, being the dork that I am, I was actually in my head, knowing from what every single episode, every line from Nimoy, Nichelle, and Dewan.
2: where they were pulled from.
0: Where they were pulled from? Yeah, of course. every every single one of them. Um. And yeah, one of them's from a movie. One of Doon's lines. Um, I'm
2: not finding uh the credit in um in his IMDb.
0: Um uh, someone upgrade. may not have someone may not have updated it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I, I think like the Trek writers like said like this is what he did. So
2: Regardless, <laughs> they did a really good job of like pulling in usable audio.
0: Yeah, it was actually pretty impressive how they pulled it off.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's only a I few mean, times were... it felt stilted, but
2: there were definitely a couple of times, especially with Spock, because he had the most lines. Um, there, were, I was like, oh, no, that's that's old Leonard Nimoy versus mm-hmm. a lot of the other lines were one from when he was much younger.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, his was the one. But it didn't matter. I still found it very enjoyable to watch. And it was just it was a nice thing to see. For, for sure. sure. Um. So basically I think we're
1: saying that the the return for the second half of prodigy has started out strong. And uh, yes, I will. I will also say the first contact it uh, remains strong. So yeah,
2: I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: it, It'll be good to see where the rest of the season goes. I know we've got like three more episodes to go.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, it has also already been greenlit for season two. Good, right? Uh, that was that was a little bit of Trek news today, which was not all that surprising. Uh, we've talked about this before.
1: What Paramount are the Trek plus Trek
0: news? <clears throat> hmm. What other Trek news? Uh, just re- oh yeah, sorry. Uh, like we've talked about before, Paramount has now officially given the lineup how basically starting this year, there's never really going to be a break of new Trek content on Paramount Plus. The way they're staggering it, um. You know, that also will mean like half seasons, like, like discoveries on a ha- It's on a season break right now. It comes mm-hmm. back the back half in February. Um, They have already they uh, today they officially announced they have greenlit season five, which I felt like was going to happen. No matter how badly a small percent of Trek fans always claim to have inside knowledge that Paramount's not happy. They don't know. They have no idea. It's always like I know a guy who works for a guy who totally serves coffee to I'm like, No, you don't. I think there's more there's
2: more Star Trek in, in production than ever before. Yeah. Like, there's almost as much Star Trek in production like in this current decade as there have been in like other decades combined.
0: Oh so, I know. Yeah.
2: So so yeah, um, I don't really I don't really give um, any water to those
0: Yeah. Strange New World season two was already been greenlit. Picard season three has already been greenlit. Lower decks, I think season four has already been greenlit. Like it, and I believe like the head of Paramount and CBS have said like no, Trek is like our juggernaut on this streaming service. I I don't really watch anything else. A because their streaming service is awful. It really is. Uh, uh-huh. Oh
2: no, lies. I I watch Drag Race. Um, on yeah, cool. But that's the like the only other thing I use Paramount for. Um, you know, back when Discovery was new, I would cancel the service between seasons because there's there's nothing else. Yeah. Oh, they do have a bunch of dis- uh, Nickelodeon stuff now, but that's that's a lark.
0: Which
1: Prodigy is part of?
0: Um, that's right. My uh, my little niece who is eight, like. Star Trek would be on in the background, and she was. I didn't care because you know, she was eight, and she's you know, eight year olds now are not like when I was eight year old, you could put me in front of TOS, and I'd be like, Ooh, but eight year olds now need a bit more to grab their attention. And yeah, I, well, I there's on, a lot more
2: of the world is catered to them now, so yeah,
0: yeah. I popped on Prodigy, and like, she's hooked, Like it's on her favorites on her sign in for Paramount Plus, and I'm like, Yes.
2: Wow, Paramount is really turning into a, a drug dealer, huh? <laughs> or or tobacco industry if you want to go, you know, with that. I mean, that's
0: fine. Same if thing. Tobacco is if if it's sweet sweet trek.
2: <laughs>
0: um, quick little note about Nickelodeon. I know neither of you are like big NFL football fans. Um when it comes back to regular season, I highly encourage you watch um, so whenever a game is playing on CBS, um, Nickelodeon streams their version at the same time. They have their own kids doing color commentary and stuff. <laughs>
3: That's right.
0: Every time there's a touchdown, the field gets slimed. Um, there's like, pew, 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 like things that when there's a, like when there, like when the line of scrimmage hits, you hear like, pew, pew, pew. like they add in all these like cartoon graphics. And like the kids are much more fun to listen to. Because, like, you know, the regular commentators are like, oh, he's a Russian. This is his history. And the kids are like, look at him go. You can't stop
2: <laughs>
3: I was going to
2: ask. I'm like, are the kids actual, like, football, you yeah, know, data wonks? Or are they just having fun?
0: They're just having fun. They know enough about football and the NFL to, like, not just be screaming kids. And there's always one adult there who mm-hmm. is, like, an actual sports, you know, announcer.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: But I don't know if it's gotten, if they have fixed this problem. But the first time I watched it, they're also getting that live audio from the field. And sometimes, you know, someone yells out, you got to fucking stop him. And like on CBS, you'd be like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's just what happens on a live broadcast. And the kids are like, that sounds like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> like but the kids don't might... get, they don't apologize for it. And they're just like, ah, ha, ha, he said a bad word.
2: <laughs> as long as the adult commentator is not Chris Collinsworth, this might get me to break my eight year boycott of the nfl
0: i don't think it is so there you go
2: okay
0: anyway that's a whole there yeah there's my own little weird
2: <laughs> i do kind of enjoy not having football information in my brain though like my brain is bad and i don't do i really want to fill it up with football it's, there's so many other things i need in there
0: that's why if you watch it through nickelodeon it just gets to be this like wacky chaotic thing that happens to have football playing <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I mean, it does sound like a good way to spend your Sunday is, like, have a couple edibles and watch kids commentate on football.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty great. Uh, the adult is uh, an announcer I've never heard of. Uh, Nate Berlins. Because, again, I haven't been in NFL forever. But, anyway, yeah. That's the one adult. <laughs> it's fun. It's hilarious. Yeah. It makes me wish they really got slimed. <laughs>
3: That would be fun. Yeah. yeah uh,
2: great. Norm is in the chat, like reminding us that there are people out there who hate discovery and hate lower decks. And like the, their, their reasoning is that it's, it's not the star Trek that they know and love. And I think that's a pretty flimsy argument because those two shows are very different from even each other.
1: I, I think it is an accurate statement that it is not the Trek that they know. Um, it's not the Trek that I know. And I love both shows for completely different reasons.
3: Right. Uh, I
1: I think I don't like pigeonholing Trek to be one thing is dumb. Like the one thing that it should do is encourage the viewers to find the best parts of themselves and nurture that.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the Star Trek that I know. I've watched at Mm -hmm. least a little bit of every series and I aside from like the fact that it's, it's modern. And so that way it doesn't have like the same tone, uh, tonality as Voyager or enterprise or TOS. Um, but, we, but by that argument, no iteration of Star Trek is the same as the, the one that anyone before, you know, yeah. who was a fan before is, is, is what they knew and loved. Yeah, and there,
0: it never is. Yep. So and there are those
1: critics too.
2: If,
0: I mean, if you just want something that goes on and on forever and doesn't ever change, just go watch Grey's Anatomy. I mean, <laughs> that's why it's there for TV that doesn't change. You know,
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. or law, literally any other law
0: and opera. order, or any or any Dick Wolf show. Dum-dum.
2: That's yeah. <laughs> I yeah Dick no, Wolf. that is legit. I've been watching one of the Law and Order shows for over twenty years now, and.
0: It's, yeah. No, it doesn't ever change.
2: It, it, it updates to you know reflect the current time, but it is the formula is the same every single week.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and it's
2: got like three recipes, I guess. Um, and anyone
0: and anyone who always says like, "Well, that wasn't how it was when like next gen was on," was like, you need to go find old issues of Starlog or old like you know fan, sci-fi fanzines. Just because there was no internet and you didn't see the complaining, there was complaining. Oh, yeah, there was. There were entire newspapers devoting, like, national newspapers devoting, art, like, opinion articles from their TV critics. How, like, Next Gen was just, you know, a pox upon Gene Roddenberry's legacy. And how dare they try this? Like, who is this bald old man? You know, I was like,
3: okay.
1: Next Gen started with Roddenberry scripts. That's why it was trash.
0: <laughs> That's why it was not good. Yeah. It gave us
1: Planet of the Africans.
0: How dare you make fun of Paths of Glory? I can't even finish it.
2: You know, maybe some for some people that's what's that, that's what they really mean. I was like, Star Trek used to be racist, uh,
0: really <laughs> no, yeah. not,
2: and I'm mad about it.
0: <clears throat> really quick side note: I can't note, tell you that. My friend Kennedy, who I swear we need to have on the show one day, she has a podcast called uh, Your Away Team,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. where she basically her and her part her co star they do it in character as like historical they do it in character as people living within like the TNG timeline or maybe I try to remember a little bit later timeline they finally tackled Paths of Glory and I haven't listened to it yet but I'm really excited to hear it
2: sounds like Lower Decks the audio version
0: (laughs) yeah they're gonna it's uh no they're very serious about it like they don't oh they they don't have
2: they don't have fun with it or make it funny
0: I assume I mean there's humor by how that what because what they're doing but it's not meant to be funny yeah I mean, the humor just happens naturally. It's not a joke show. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Paths of Glory. So bad. Oh, my God. So bad. Um. So, yeah.
2: And don't forget Trek... how fucking thirsty TOS was. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, all Trek is Trek. You don't have to like it, but all Star Trek is Star Trek. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't like it? Watch something. Watch a different Trek.
2: Then you should have become a writer. You should have. You should have grown up as a Star Trek fan and then oh. chosen to become a writer because of Star Trek, and then gotten on a show.
0: Yeah, but it wouldn't have been Star Trek because the writing would have been evolved from your narrow ass <laughs> vision. <laughs> you, See, know, if you want you could go? You know, go write for space. Stargate Atlantis.
1: Yeah, if you want. Um, a show that gives you all the grit and realism and, you know, has no sense of humor. Go watch Battlestar Galactica.
0: Before we slide into the uh, the book of Boba Fett, um, yeah, this would be a good time to talk about our sponsors. First up, Bridge City Comics. You can find them at 37, oops, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon, and... Um, you know what? Give them give them some uh, some some extra love right now. Uh, after 17 years, uh, Bridge City Comics was um, finally broken into, which is a horrible celebration. First time in 17 years. Um, I don't know any more details than what Michael has posted on the Facebook page, but um, you know, show up, give some extra love, maybe buy an extra graphic novel or. You know, just, just pop in and uh, let them know that the, uh, the Geek in the City radio crowd and the Geek in the City crowd have his back. And, uh, yeah, we're all we're all in this together. So, especially right now when a lot of businesses are already kind of having to pull a bunch of tricks to keep things going. this like the horrible timing and, and whatnot. So, yeah, just, uh you know, when you pop in and you pick up your stuff and whatnot, and pick up your comics, pick up your graphic novels or place your orders, uh, especially for Season of the Bruja, which comes out March 16th. Yes, even in this compassionate ad, I can find myself to have no shame. Uh, uh, Thank them for, you know, being a sponsor and telling them that uh, we're all thinking about them and that it sucks and, um, you know, may whoever did this, I don't know, get Rob Liefeld drawn feet. I don't know. I I can't think of anything better. Anyway, (laughs) Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon, BridgeCityComics.com. Next up, our longest sponsor, Guardian Games. They are so easy to find. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. There are so many ways to get there. Walk, bike, drive. Uh, The streetcar is like stops one block away. So seriously, Guardian Games is the easiest game store you could ever arrive at. So check it out. Uh, When you walk inside, they always have those tables of the brand new games they just got out. I, I swear there's new games like every single day. Um, and you can find out about a lot of their new ones if you go to their facebook page facebook.com forward slash ggportland uh, the uh the new critical role source book is out the whole new campaign setting so if you are into critical role the campaign setting hard book has dropped it looks amazing uh, as does this really great game great ah, wow really great game called ravine. Uh, it's got some minimalist art. It looks like a great co-op game. Those are the kind of games that I have personally been digging a lot lately. Uh, I'm kind of pulling away from the more competitive, and I am enjoying the cooperative games. So, yeah, that's just an example of what they have at Guardian Games, in addition to any kind of, like, wargaming minis or dice games or card games. Um, I've gotten back into, like, miniature painting like a big nerd. They have all the supplies you could possibly need in term, in course of, like, Characters or whatnot, but also like terrain, if you want to make your own terrains uh, and create uh, amazing uh, battle areas that your PCs will then um, completely ignore because they take it a different direction. And all the money you spent on that terrain is going to have to wait until there's another reason to use them. Not that I'm bitter. But thankfully, there was Guardian Games to help me so that when that time came, I could get the supplies. So check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Yeah. If you want some bleakness. I show.
2: <laughs> how wow. do
0: you really I love how you, you, like, capped it with the – and the whiskey.
2: I know, right? That's, it's like, just, salty cable there. I don't think I've ever heard you
0: be this, like, way on Battlestar.
1: We don't talk I think about with, it much. We're, we're far enough removed from it now. It's like, I, I tried to get into it. I never could, um, because I, it was the fans. It was the fans that pissed me off. Um, oh, well, I, it's the I, show's I, fault. it is the show's fault. The show was mediocre. The fans that it had a bunch of discussions that it partially had on air, but never actually fully realized. Um, it would bring up topics and those topics are, were really good about faith versus, you know, um, bureaucracy and it, all these moral arguments, but it never actually had the argument. It would just bring them up like that, that smart friend of yours that's at every party that, you know, thinks they're smart, but isn't really. You mean, and then everyone would sit and have those conversations after watching um Battlestar Galactica and actually have the conversations and then they would attribute it to the show and I had this conversation with Battlestar Galactica fans I'm like I think that the show is smart I think the fandom is smarter and they would ruin that by going no the show's smart I'm like I just I literally just complimented you and you said fuck you to me so I, I think I'm wrong I'm taking it all back the show's dumb and you're all dumber so it, it is yeah, Battlestar Galactica was not for me. I found it to be utter trash.
2: I I <laughs> bam, loved bam, it, bam. but I was also in a very different place personally, uh, like intellectually. Mm-hmm. So I, at some point, I do want to watch it again. The like the the, the the old like the best critique I can really have right now is that I'm like I feel like it really ran out of steam by the time I got to the end. It didn't. It wasn't really as cohesive anymore. Like they lost. They're like, okay, we're going this way. This is the story. This is the the the, the concept. And then eventually, yeah. they're like, um, did we did we run well, out of road?
3: Mm-hmm. And that
0: it doesn't help when Sci-Fi Channel would like not tell them if they're going to get another season or not. So they're always like, they get halfway through filming, and all of a sudden, Sci-Fi be like, oh, can you give us ten more episodes? You're like, uh, sure. Mm. That doesn't help production at no, all. No, it doesn't.
2: And I'm and not going to blame the story. I'm not going to blame the writers for that. Um, you, you know, you do what you can with the contract that you are given.
0: Yep. Yeah. This is true. This is very true. Somebody uh, write yeah.
2: that down. I'm very pleased with that sentence.
0: There you go. You deal with the contract you're given.
2: <laughs> you do what you can with the contract you're given.
0: All right, that's good.
1: Well, before we move from the universes of Star War, Star Trek to Star Wars, uh, I feel like we should focus on a little, little corner of this galaxy, mainly one that's on Southeast Hawthorne.
0: Oh, um, but they're not sponsors anymore.
1: Oh, but you can not? still
0: go check out Asylum. It was just through the holidays. Oh, it was just through the hall. Ho- I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, I missed the memo. Yes. I thought it was in the emails, but you know what, folks? You can still check out Hawthorne or Hawthorne Asylum, thirty-seven thirteen Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard.
1: Just not this weekend because they'll be closed the January twenty-second through the twenty-sixth. That's,
0: that's
2: true. Oh, it's their um, it's it's that time of year, huh? Yeah, shopping, they, they shopping. They, they, it's their
0: shopping time again.
2: their shopping
0: times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously though, I didn't know that. It, it was I literally in all the it was in the emails and stuff. Maybe
2: i I we must have misinterpreted that because I've read all of Anton's emails. I I do, Anton, I'm sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> they they are hoping that 2022 allows them to become a full-time sponsor again.
2: We will we will miss L- Here's I was gonna say we'll miss them, but that's not true. We'll still see them, but right. uh, I, I know that we will miss doing live reads for them. Yeah, well,
0: maybe someday,
2: again soon. Just saying, that's all.
3: Let's
1: see what twenty twenty two will bring.
2: Hint, hint, listeners, buy more asylum stuff. Go <laughs> to that's right. <laughs> they didn't that, pay that, me to say that, so you know I mean, I'm not fucking around.
1: <laughs> that that is how capitalism works yeah if we also spend i spend really, money at our sponsors they make more money that they then give to us to sponsor us
3: mm-hmm, that's right
2: mm-hmm. yep. also i hope that this play is on their in their store anyway it's funny now
0: <laughs> no it, they always it always gets done uh well let's well let's speaking of speaking travel. of speaking of capitalism let's go mm-hmm. to the fucking galaxy far far away with the credit rules and this is true and 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 Rancor's Jewel.
1: <laughs> so we're, we are now three. We're almost halfway through, um, the book of Boba Fett. There are three episodes Ooh. in, it's going to be seven episodes altogether for this. Hopefully this first season. I don't know. Right. I don't know what they're doing. I don't um, know
0: either. I mean, is this meant to be a one and done or I have no idea. We'll see.
1: I don't I doubt know. it. So much of this feels like, um, it, it is both a show within itself and set up for whatever else is coming down the pike with yeah. um, the yeah. Rangers yeah. of the <laughs> New Pope, <laughs> the Rangers of the New Public, the Ahsoka Mandalorian season three. There's one I, more, isn't there? I
0: think I think Rangers is officially dead. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, I think okay. so.
1: Yeah, Uh that's, that's we... too bad because yeah, I wanted so to gonna... see Captain Appa patrolling the. the <laughs> The uh the New Republic.
0: Uh I mean we still might get him, but I think the show itself is officially dead. Um oh there was a bit of news that uh Ling Ma Wen got in a little bit of trouble for. Ming Ming Na. Or Ming, yeah, I'm sorry. Um on her Instagram after the last episode of Book of Boba Fett, uh when she was saying, I hope you enjoyed the show, and then she wrote, she's also like showed a picture of Katie Sackos. And said it. Also, congratulations to my friend Katie. I can't wait for everyone to see the Bo Katan series.
2: Oh, what?
0: And oh, you know, she Bo-Katan she got is
2: getting the whole series.
0: She got that. She got that email or call, and that that Instagram post went away with like, "Whoops, Daisy." <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. So apparently, we're gonna get a Bo Katan
2: series. Good for Katie Sackhoff.
0: Well, I mean, it makes sense because I can't imagine
2: that
0: I can't Mm -hmm. imagine spending all of season three of the Mandalorian with the Darksaber. Mm -mm. I I don't really care. Now, if you want to jump that over to a different show, fine.
1: Yeah, because that's not the whole point of the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is you're just supposed to be going on and, uh, you know, like chasing bounties and.
2: And maybe right. visiting your foster son every now and then. Yep.
1: Because he's being right. taught by uh, this weird dude with the green sword that you just kind of <laughs> let him walk. With. It's fine.
2: So, right. Hi, guy I just met. Please take this baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and by baby, I mean he's 50. Right. The
2: baby in his race?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, so far I... The Book of Boba Fett is doing what the Mandalorian did too. It always takes a few episodes to really ramp up into the story, which I've kind of gotten used to now. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what they do. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy him, but I'm like, all right, you're not going to give me the story like the goal until like episode 3. And I feel like episode 3 this of Book of Boba Fett really laid it in. Like they're almost doing a space version of Lawrence of Arabia. Um by way of like um the actual movie he uh tomorrow did years ago called When We Were Warriors. There's a nice little combo of those. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh wow, I
2: wish i have seen either of those movies.
0: I would agree with that. Oh, they're both great. I mean, you can. Look, Lawrence of Arabia is deeply problematic because it deals with you know what this guy named Lawrence did in Arabia. Um yeah, that I mean, really it's explains a, white a lot. Movie. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it is, and he did pull that, but, like, in his one defense, he was kind of pissed off what the British did, too. He was like, you sent me down here to, like, teach the Bedouins how to fucking fight imperial power so we could free them, and then you took everything from them. hmm So, because the British are going to do what they're going to do. Colonize. Yeah. Colonize. Mm-hmm. Colonize. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's what it's kind of felt. Like I the, the, the and there's weird little nitpicky things that I'm trying not to let eat away at me, but
1: so basically where we're at right now just to give everyone the overview, we've seen where they left off with Mando season 2 was Boba killed Bib Fortuna and took the throne of Jabba the Hutt for himself. Which means he he should be the uh, in control of most Espa Right. And what we've seen is um, challenges to his power, um, him attempting to establish ties, taking a completely different tone than either Jabba or Bib Fortuna had.
2: And being mm-hmm. really diminished for it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And also getting flashbacks of his time on Tatooine between escaping the Sarlacc pit and getting his armor back at the at, during season two of Mando. So Yes. So now you can nitpick all you want and and, and talk about it's, details because that's just, that's where we're at.
0: It's just dumb little things. Like I don't quite know like why he needs why he needs so much time in the back to tank. Because when we saw him in The Mandalorian, that was not a person that has to spend a lot of time in a back to tank after doing some fighting. Uh,
1: Apparently it gets into the amount of time he was in the Sarlacc and the amount of tissue that he's still regenerating. Like he was still... Like
2: major internal damage, not just the messed up skin.
1: Yes. Like he was significantly
0: scarred. Um. Okay, it just, it just feels weird. Like, the the guy who's fighting in the Book of Boba Fett does not, in my head, match the guy who fought in the episode of the tragedy in The Mandalorian. Like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't seem to have it. And maybe because they're trying to play him as scaling back a little bit. He doesn't want to rule through fear and pain and destruction. Um,
1: Which he's stated. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- th- this is a valid point to bring up.
0: It's just, okay. yeah, it's weird. I'm like, eh
1: okay um i've been at the point of i am so far this i I feel like so much of this uh show has been scripted as here are all the things that cable likes and put them in a in a boba fett (laughs) show i'm like jesus man that's like that 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 seems unfair i'm never going to be able to give you a a fair critique (laughs) right um it had space Vespas in the last episode
2: like, I was about I to
3: bring
0: know. that up
1: okay,
2: I am so here for
0: space Vespa gangs well
2: apparently um, that that their 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 whole vibe of of that gang and those hip kids was uh some like Britain like 1980s like new wave cool kids or something well, it's that, kind of like a they were thing. yeah yeah it's, it, and it, but they I guess they were like sort of replicating those the, that that culture. Of those yeah. kids mm-hmm. from yeah. from not just the, the Vespas, but, like, their whole outfits and, and all of that. Someone brought up
1: the movie Quadrophenia um, yeah. as inspiration. There's also some uh, there's some very Bosuzoku vibes that come from them. Yeah. Um, Merrick coined the term uh, droid punk for their particular aesthetic. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I can cute.
3: see that. I like
0: it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I liked it seeing this person just get eviscerated online when he said he put show the picture of the Vespa gang mm-hmm. and he said George Lucas would have never done such a thing in his Star Wars and everyone's like bitch he wrote an American graffiti seeing in a new hope he just cut it out for pacing and there's a 50s diner in at attack of the clones mm-hmm. like <laughs> like he loves that stuff what are you talking yeah. about he wouldn't have liked that um I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, we're gonna have this like motorcycle scooter, you know, swoop gang and Tatooine and drum shop. You know, would be really cool. Or if they were like, on vespas instead. Okay, George, we'll do that. Okay, that'd be really sweet. So they have to go faster and more intense.
1: <laughs> my my two big takeaways so far of these three episodes are one, I think that uh, part of why people are complaining is that what is being depicted on screen is not the Boba Fett that has lived in their head for 30 years. It's and yes. And they're not going to get that Boba Fett that lives in their head. That's lived in their head for the past 30 years. It's not the Boba Fett that lived in my head. I am fascinated with the story that they have decided to tell. Uh, they being uh, Favreau and Filoni. Right. Um, because this is not, where I would have thought Boba Fett was going to go and instead no. we're getting an anti-establishment um, socialist um, land back activist version I of Boba know. Fett. Like this is – it's like th- he's it, hes a more intense version of Boba Fett than we would have ever gotten if we, he was just going to continue being the badass bounty hunter. Right. The second thing – is that in these flashback sequences where we're tying what happened after coming out of the Starlock pit, his time with the, the high, the hidden tribe of, uh, Tuscans, the, the whole thing with the pikes, you know, merging that with what's happening now with the pikes. Right. Boba doesn't identify – so far has not identified who he is in any of his dealings when he – like, he's never identified himself to the Pike Syndicate. He hasn't identified himself to anybody because he's not currently Boba Fett. He does not have his armor, so he's hidden his identity.
0: Oh, during, like, flashback stuff? Yes. You mean? Okay, yeah.
1: Which means no one is associating the man who sits on Jabba's throne in current time, that Boba Fett, with any of these activities that Boba was doing prior to his return.
0: Yeah, the guy on the throne, they're just expecting to be that badass bounty hunter.
1: Which means we have no idea what he's actually got in play. Right. This whole... I'm going to be the daimyo of Mos Espa, feels like a huge faint.
2: I, I had not um, projected. Like, I I haven't spent any time trying to like guess what his aim is, but that, that does make sense. Like if no one fucking seems to know who he is, even though he's been on this planet the whole time,
3: mm-hmm. but,
2: but it's, yeah, it's, it's like having two different personas. Um, so then, like what, and and like that, I, I it does make sense that he like orchestrated that that miss um, that misidentification, that mm-hmm. misdirection. That that like he is not making sure people know, bitch, I've been here. I was the one who helped these guys before. You know, before you fucking killed them all, and I, you know, I did this, I did that. I mean, whatever else he's gonna do that we haven't seen yet uh, from the the flashback. Uh, scenes yeah 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 what's why why have you done such a good job of separating you know boba fett the bounty hunter and boba fett or i don't know maybe he gets a different name when he's with the um oh my god now i'm gonna blank on their the, name with
0: the, the tuscans the tuscans mm-hmm. thank you i feel like they just didn't he just didn't have a name
2: i mean they they've learned to communicate. Yeah, but so, we've like, never
0: once seen a reason for them to actually identify themselves by a name anyway. Uh-huh. So, I mean,
2: I who knows? suppose, but that's like a really uncommon thing in any culture.
0: Yeah, I, it just may not be needed at this time for us to know. Like as far oh, as no. we
1: know, they just referred to him as outsider.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Outsider who learned our ways.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like... For- Sorry. I'm say I feel like that other motorcycle gang that was running protection for the Pikes is going to have one hell of a fucking reckoning.
1: Yeah, that uh, when that scene where he left the uh, the Pike operative and mm-hmm. said, I-, "I will deal with this." I'm like, "Oh, they're they're dead. He's going to kill them all."
0: Yeah, because I and, I feel like he's not mad at the Pikes. Like he gets yeah. the price of business.
1: Mm-hmm. Merrick's like. Hang on. We're seeing a completely different version of Boba Fett, which is why I've been down this road of like, oh, he's not who I think he is. He's whoever they're telling me he is and showing me he is. It's like, oh, you're right. It's like, she's like, he may find a completely peaceful way or a different way to resolve this. And then he walks over that crest and sees the burning village and she's like, nope, you're right. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're 100% dead.
0: Because this is yet again, Another time in his life where family was taken from him. That's I the one thing he goes even, through.
2: I had not even thought about that. Yep. Yeah, that is...
0: It's the one thing that he has, that his life has repeated over and over and over again. Every time he finds a family, they're fucking killed. They're mm-hmm. taken from it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never remember how he ends up no longer being with that gang of... Um, were they, were they also hunters? bounty hunters when yeah, he was a kid? because he was, he was oh, raised okay.
1: by uh, Ara Singh, Bosk, and Dengar.
2: Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, and thus, I cannot remember how their time together ends, but I'm assuming it was. Not we,
0: don't good. It okay. we don't see it on
2: okay. screen. We don't see it on screen. We know it. that.
0: Um, well, we know Ara Singh is killed. Uh, yes,
1: because that, but that happens off screen, and that's mentioned by. Um,
0: uh, is it in Solo?
1: Yeah, it's Woody Harrelson's character killed Ara Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: um,
1: and considering it's now canon, the War of the Bounty Hunters, the last time that Boba sees Dengar, Bosk, Zuckus, and Forlom, he kills Zuckus and Forlom. Yeah. He abandons Dengar to die on an ice floe and cuts off Bosk's legs.
0: So... Uh, it went well.
1: Which will grow back. Um, but every time they keep showing the Trindoshan, uh portion of Mosaspa, it's like, yeah, you're bringing back Bosk and he's going to be really pissed.
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, the last time we see them all together is in Clone Wars where um, Asajj Ventress is helping them pull a train job.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. I do remember that.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And he still wasn't wearing the armor at that point. He was just
0: teenage. He's like, he was like thirteen, right? Thirteen or fourteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh
3: huh. Yeah. He was- I do like.
0: There was an old EU book that doesn't count anymore that gave an alternate uh, ending to Bosk.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I think it was called like Tales of the Bounty Hunters, which is one of those older books. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Bosk is eventually killed, and a moth turns him into a dress for his wife, that she debuts at a grand ball for. Um. Black Star, gross. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> I think yeah. it was to try to drive home the point of how evil moths are. You know, That's that'll fair. do it. Yep, but that is fair. Yeah. Um, I really. Have... Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, the, I like how crazy the internet went over uh, the um, uh, not cameo, I guess, but the 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 introduction of Black Chrysanthemum.
1: Oh, Jesus. The Wookiee? Yeah. Did, did you see... Uh, sorry, I had to plug things in. Did uh, Did you see Karen Gillan's tweets about that? I
2: don't yes. think that I did. There
1: were two. The first was, you either live long enough... To, or You either die the hero or live long enough to see the internet thirsty about a Wookiee you created.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. was
1: followed by... I just went back through my first initial drafts for the Darth Vader comic, and I shit you not, my working name for Black Kersantins was Nubaka. I
0: remember that. Yep.
2: I missed both of those. They were
1: hilarious. Nubaka really, really gets me. I I like
0: that one a lot. The episode three had a lot of cameos. We got Bomar Monk back. The spider mm-hmm. with the brain, which is always fun to see him.
1: The Star Wars universe now has Danny Trejo, which hell yeah it does. We didn't know it was missing, and now now it's complete.
0: I should have seen it coming because it's a Robert Rodriguez co helmed show, and he exactly. puts him in everything. Like mm-hmm. there was no way Trejo wasn't going to show up at some time.
1: Uh We get Rancors.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We get uh, Steven Root. They they stole my they stole my water. <laughs> That was great. Um,
2: um,
0: we get a reference to the witches of Dathomir, which always yeah. makes me happy. Mm-hmm, uh-huh.
2: mm-hmm. God, there needs to, be more, to, there needs to be more of that in any in any of the new Star Trek, Star Trek.
0: I love them so much. Every time I see them, I get excited. Even when I played Fallen Order, the Star Wars game, which is pretty good, like all of the stuff on Dathomir is great, and I'm annoyed that the the witch who ends up joining you doesn't get much of an arc. She's just kind of there, but it's still cool.
3: Mm.
1: Um I think that uh Boba Fett riding a Rancor into battle is the most extreme Chekhov's gun I have ever seen <laughs> yeah. used. Yeah. That that was in that's intense. Um mm-hmm. and I look forward to seeing that on on screen.
0: I did love um, his I did like the look that uh Boba Fett gives when whenever Danny Trejo says, you know, the witches of Dathomir used to ride them in his face. of like, ride. <laughs> what?
1: The, the comment that he makes, it's like, I have ridden beast a hundred times the size. It's like, you just reference the Christmas special.
0: Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. Again, all that's all that Favreau and Filoni are doing are stitching together and Every single bit of the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. just going. No, we're just we're just putting it all. It's all there, all of it.
0: Um, oh, there's such an other little like one percent nerd thing. So when the Scooter Gang rams into a painting, mm-hmm. that's that's a replica of Walt, Ralph McQuarren's first painting of Jabba. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, Ooh. this it's a nerdy ass show, man.
1: It is. I, I did want to make a point because I just saw this in the chat going on about the cleanliness of the Scooter Gang. Because I I did have uh, know why Boba told Chris Santon no hard feelings. I presume it has something to do with the Darth Vader book because the two of them, that's when when we first see Black Chris Santon he's standing side by side with Boba Fett because they're yeah. working a job for Darth Vader.
3: Oh! Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, this is yeah,
0: it's just business.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That was all set up for a pun. God damn it, Sack. Oh. Anyway, um, <sighs> this is me hiding the chat again because I can't <laughs> watch this shit. So the, this whole argument about the, um, like I, I had this discussion at work because folks were bringing it up, it's like, like I don't get why the scooter gang it's like they're stealing water because they have no money and have no jobs. yet they have pristine bikes and pristine clothing. I'm like, so you're, you're a millennial, you're Gen Z. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, you have no money. And yet this is in pristine condition. And you have very, you know, like you take very good care of this. You have this piece of technology why they're like well well, because it's what i can afford and and so i take care of it
0: yeah i've that's what that
1: is that is 100 percent what that is it's like this is all we have so of course we're going to maintain it of course we're going to make sure it's in perfect condition it's pristine yeah and we're going to steal water
0: I've got cousins who live off beans and tortillas and repair their clothing, but their lowriders are fucking cherry. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a thing, man.
1: Um, It, it was amazing. And a lot of them just kind of looked at me and went, oh, I, I was hoping you weren't actually going to bring in a real world argument that made sense.
3: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> but that's what it is. Because
3: yeah. it sucks well, to have
1: nothing, and you want to take care of the one thing that you have that brings you joy.
2: <laughs> um, but it really it it it's it's part of the it it's part of the culture. Like this is like a like a, a full replica of I think they're just called like scooter boys or something. Um, they're mods.
1: From- mods. Yeah. They're- yeah.
2: And that's just like part of it. They're like, this is this is our thing. This is what we do, is what we care about the most.
1: And they were also working class kids who had no money.
2: That's true. It does all and, tie in.
1: And they were anti-establishment. Like the, It's the same argument that people make about – it's like if you're complaining about money all the time, why are you eating avocado tests and have iPhones?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean even – Even to like keep it in the same sort of like context, a lot of people who, you know, like they're like, I'll never be able to afford a home or like I don't care about buying a house, I'll just rent. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do have a, a nice car that they then dump more money into to make it look cool. And I'm like, this is where you're spending your limited resources on the thing that is inevitably going to fall apart.
0: I mean, I get it to a point because that is still something that's attainable, mm-hmm. but depending on how much money you make, a house is never gonna be fucking attainable ever right. like ever um, I just
2: mean that like it's it's absolutely something that happens, oh yeah, here now, in a lot of ways,
1: mhm- exactly,
0: yeah, they're totally based on the sixties mod culture of London.
2: With, like, the 47 side view mirrors. and Yeah,
0: and they're actually kind of clean cut, even though, the, as a rule, the mod culture, they were, like, lower middle class, but they were dressing that way because they didn't – they were, like, "My, don't want to spend my life in a fucking coal mine in Wales. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take what little I have. I'm going to wear this, like, really cool foxhound, fox, you know, whatever, tooth suit.
2: Houndstooth?
0: Houndstooth. I keep it as clean as I can and I have this one scooter and I'm going to make it clean as I can because that's all I've got. It's mine. Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: And that like, that starts to go down a whole like respectability politics yeah. discussion that I don't want to have. <laughs> but, but that's...
1: This is not the first time Filoni has used Star Wars to talk about class warfare. In and Favreau, he's
0: doing it too. Yeah, um,
1: but I mean, like that's when Clone Wars took a two-episode arc to talk about war profiteering,
3: mm, mm-hmm.
0: right? Or the one Jedi general that did not see see clones as living beings; they were mm-hmm. just tools he could send to die.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that, that casino planet in um, what is it, Episode Eight?
1: Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I Jedi. love I love that sequence. I get exactly what they were doing. I sat there yeah, going like, "Oh.
0: <laughs> that part when he says, "Let's see who owns this ship." Oh, he sells ships to the bad guys. Oh, but wait. And the good guys. Mm-hmm. And the good guys.
3: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Um the one thing I am something I'm noticing with this show too. Um <laughs> this takes it back a little bit to my early opening rant about how a game really wanted to be Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm seeing in the modern, the the non-flashback scenes of the book of Boba Fett is he's doing that thing you're supposed to do in Mass Effect, which is all the side missions and get all these supposedly lower class people to be on your side so that when you do the big-ass assault against the big-ass bad guy, they don't have allies anymore because you've taken them all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's four little punk kids on their little Vespa scooters, but you know, he's also you know, he's cut a deal with the water guy of like, I'm gonna make you do this and be fair. You can still make a profit, but you can't gouge people. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, he's he's making buddies with all the folks that like maybe don't have the biggest guns or own the most land or whatever.
2: Uh so. when we were watching this last episode in particular, Christian kept making um he kept calling out different prophecies from you know, like in-world prophecies from Dune.
0: A little bit, yeah.
2: Yeah, Including, like, riding the rancor, like, getting all of these locals on his side, going out Mm -hmm. into the desert blind.
0: There's a little bit of that. I mean, Lucas flat-out admitted that Dune inspired him, so why not just continue it here? Sure. You know. Uh, My my prediction for
1: where this is going is, I honestly think that uh, there is a, Tatooine for, is for Tuscan's agenda that's going to be revealed. That's gonna yeah. mess up everybody except Boba. Yeah. Um, and I think the only person who's in on any of it is Finnick.
2: Mm. That is radical and I love it. Like mm-hmm. I I hope you're right because I want to see that. And it's yeah, it's definitely like a that is a message that is like really building steam I think in, in the real yeah. world so
0: and they've also a couple times now keep mentioning how tattooing used to be an ocean mm-hmm. and I keep wondering if there's going to be more than one season if the other big reveal at the end is that like they've learned that like oh the ocean's still there it's just deep underground now yeah kind of thing which could Sorry. be interesting. Uh,
1: I I think that uh, when we get to the end of this, it's he's not just seeking power over a criminal empire. He is trying to do right um, by the entire planet. Um, I am my dark horse hope, not dark horse, the comics, but, you know. Um, <laughs> We're
0: doing Star Wars again.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Um my hope is that uh, The big cameo At the end of this Is uh, Omega I keep hoping that too We'll see
2: Under what context?
1: I don't know Trying to find her brother
2: Oh, duh <laughs> Thank you
1: <laughs> There's always, um, there's already the link that like she knows Fennec.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit.
2: Where... Ah, oh, fuck. Now I'm gonna have to do that like timeline math all over again. But, um...
1: She's essentially anywhere between what, two to five years younger than Bubba? If that, two to three years younger than yeah. Bubba. Yeah.
0: He was Alpha. She's Omega. Yeah, because he was... Well, he's 10 in Clones. hmm She's 9? 8 or 9, ba-
1: yeah. 8
0: or 9 in Bad Batch, and you figure she's, she's being created... Uh, well, obviously, a year or so before Revenge of the Sith. No, she'd have been... They'd have made her a couple years after Attack of the Clones, but it's roughly 10 years between clones and Sith, right?
1: Right, because she was made before The Bad Batch was actually yeah. made. Yeah. Yes. Because
0: yeah. she's like, I watched you all, you know, grow up in your cylinders.
3: hmm
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because she's technically older than all of them.
1: Yep. Like, they're her older brothers, but she is really the older sister. Yeah.
0: Mm, there's fun stuff going on. I'm enjoying uh, I, playing the game of, like, what if kind of thing
3: hmm
0: you know yeah
1: i'd also still like to see cad bane i know man that'd be pretty sweet I, I i do admit we are calling the the show the the two old asians show <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: i mean tamura is 60 ming na is 58
0: now with the old mexican now with no, with the old Danny Trejo's like seventy-two <laughs> or seventy-one. Do you think he's
2: gonna be around more though? I thought it was kind of a one-off.
0: He'll have big parts, I bet. I, I think don't you'll think see Think it's him a one-off. The... No? no. No, if he's there to help Boba learn to train a rancor, he's kind of got to be there. Mm.
2: That
1: means he's part of the court.
3: <laughs> Until
2: well, no, you still need a you still need a, a gamekeeper after the training is done. So yeah, he mm-hmm. could. I just I just don't. I wasn't expecting to see him like, continuously.
1: Right. I, I mean, it makes you know, sense he'll just show from an acting standpoint. It's like, oh, is he actually a regular? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. I also think this is not the last we've seen at Black or Stanton. I think he's going to loop back around and go, well, now I owe this son of a bitch a debt. Yeah, so totally. Yeah. That's the code.
0: Well, I mean, although he turned his back on the Wookiees, so he may not, but at, that may still pull at him a little bit of like, yeah. I gotta fucking do it. Uh-huh. Son of a yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like to see where it's going. You know. Another kind of fun angle is when you think about the fact that like Boba Fett has never had he has never had a good experience with a large, powerful body or governmental force treating people well. Uh-uh. He has no belief in that kind of structure. The the old oh. republic sucked, the empire sucked. He probably assumes the new republic sucks. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, yeah, people should take care of their own. These massive things are garbage.
1: He trusts credits.
0: Well, can't fault that. I think credits that, and the and the blaster decide.
3: I think when <laughs> we
1: when we wrap the uh, the first book of Boba Fett, hopefully the first season. Um, I do want to delve into this whole. Uh, word choice of daimyo over crime lord.
0: Yeah, I've seen that a good times too from other people of Japanese was... descent of like why they got to use daimyo like just make it crime lord or create a Star Wars word because
1: that's very specific. Daimyo does not mean crime lord. Yeah, no, I yeah. So like, th- there's. They're being very specific about a language they're choosing, and and I want to watch the whole entire season to get a better read on that because it's like, yeah. all right, that's the one Japanese word you use,
0: mm-hmm. okay, yeah,
1: and it's like it because that your, and your leads are Asian and Pacific
0: Islanders, so because mm-hmm. that word suggests yeah. that like. <coughs> There's a bigger boss that he's answering to. That there's a shogun. Yeah, there's a shogun. And
2: it's uh, a, now it's a tra- I don't
0: know. I'm
2: I'm trying to um, remember. Is he, he's not the daimyo, or is for for way to go, cat? all of Tatooine, it's just for that region that From he's in. From yeah. Mos yes, Espa. Mos Espa. Because that's,
3: how,
0: that's even back in the day, that's how Bud Fortuna was referred to as. He was the daimyo to Jabba the Hutt.
1: He was the Major Domo. To or Major Domo, that's right. Yep.
0: Never mind. It's something different.
2: And then he takes over as daimyo after Jabba yeah. gets killed.
1: It's confusing because people think like, because Major Domo makes it sound like it is also no, but Japanese, it's not. but it's not like a major domo. Yeah, like, I think
2: it's British.
1: Yep. What are you doing? It's the fact that there's also the the no, fr- it's, you know confusing it with like uh, Domo Aragato. It's
0: mm. uh, It's got, where
3: get it's, that got from. it's
0: actually got Latin roots and the Spanish used it first and then the English uh, anglicized it and then the yeah. Mm-hmm. The Portuguese took it, but it started what as a, the,
2: What was the pre-anglicized word?
0: uh mayordomo. taken from major Domus, latin for principal of the house okay.
2: mayor mayor
1: mayordomo oh, yeah mayordomo mayor mayor.
0: yeah
2: well i that's i can i can do etymology later um but you no, you're right it's, i'm just it, reading it this is. from wikipedia no 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 I actually had heard that i like the the common usage it comes from the anglicized and that's why I was thinking it's british but i do remember learning at some point that it's it came it came from spanish mm-hmm. um it's just a, it's just a weird word but no yeah I think it's the domo and you know like domo is a a well-known word in Japanese that like people, I think just like automatically assume it's a Japanese word. Major demo.
3: Yeah.
1: I, of course I also just wonder like why daimyo? Cause I don't know. Like, I think the star Wars fan base knows that word, but I don't know that your average American knows that word at all.
0: Yeah.
2: I wouldn't assume so. No,
0: it could also mean that like, you know, Lucas borrowed so heavily from Kurosawa movies that they thought, "Well, let's just let's just do a little nod." <laughs> like we could be reading way too much into that. Fellini can be like, "No, it's like look, Lucas loved Kurosawa so we're doing a little we're just grabbing a little bit, just
3: mm-hmm. you know.
1: just like that episode in uh uh Mandal- Mandalorian season 2. The Jedi episode. Oh, yes. That was yeah. It was one hundred percent a carousel movie?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we should we should wrap up tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got a full shows coming up. Uh, yeah, I I have to reference our shared folder to <laughs> find out about potential interviews and whatnot. That would be great. Right? Yes, um, we'll do that tomorrow morning. I
1: believe it's in. In two weeks we start um a new segment, which we can we would love a title for, but we are finally doing a deep dive into Avatar the Last Airbender. That's right. For
2: reels this time. For reels. F R T T. Um Oh there, there we go. A T L A F R T T
1: That's that's not what we're gonna call the segment. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's too many letters. That's, to keep
2: that's, it, that's a thing that we do in my house. So.
0: Okay. Gotcha. That's a lot um, of work to, than just. It
1: is.
2: Only but because I next... just think about it, it rolls right off the tongue once you're used to it.
0: <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I mean, okay.
2: It sounds too much like fart, so never mind.
0: There's that. And we don't want to get in trouble with the local gang, the Fart Boys. With whom we've seen tagging of all over the town, Yeah. Or at least in
2: boys, southeast, gang in town. Fart
0: boys, really? Oh, yeah. see, our
1: na- like in industrial southeast, it's still ruled by Penis
0: Girl.
2: Oh, oh, you know what? This Penis is in girl. the Mississippi area. So,
0: oh, that's right. Fart boys are in the Mississippi area. Uh, says Albert- we can
2: call it bending the T. <sighs> it's interesting. I don't Maybe. dislike it. Keep well, them coming, guys.
0: Kay. We'll discuss it. Yep. Oh, we um, also have something in a couple of weeks we have to bring up with the cat with the cast. Mm-hmm. With the, uh, with the listeners.
2: uh you you tell it.
0: For what we have planned in July. Yep. But we'll talk about that in a we'll couple weeks.
2: We'll talk
0: about it later. Yep. But <laughs> Let's next, go week, next week, week we, we have are the, doing we have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> We're doing
1: a deep dive into the entire matrix.
0: Yes, yes that's a, right.
1: Now.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's so, right. We're gonna have Merrick back on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's
1: mostly you and I are going to sit here and listen to Denise and Merrick run the
0: show. I'm gonna pour a whiskey and just sometimes go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah, I don't
2: know that I'll be able to keep up with Merrick. I think she's uh, much more studied in the uh, the the world of ma- the matrices than I am. Well, but I, say, I did we'll have I to... have rewatched all of the matrices. So
0: and Anna Matrix. And it's
2: one of the matrices. That counts. Uh I said all of them. Okay, okay.
0: So, until next week. I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I am Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to everybody next week in the matrices.
3: Uh, What?